0: And we are live. Hi, friends. Today, my guest is Marin Asoff. She is a vocal transformation coach, a spirit lifter, fear crusher, soul emancipator. Did I get them
1: that's all? Right. Yes, that's right.
0: All right. All right. No coffee. I switched over to Danny Blinn because of you
1: good work a little bit of uh, breath work in the morning and
0: dandy blend does, does the trick yeah you know like, I love my coffee for 20 years I don't abuse it it's one a day but when I heard about this dandy blend by the way this is not a commercial uh, <laughs> <laughs> I get money for that uh, when I heard about the dandy blend uh, rejuvenating the uh, adrenals I was like well damn it's yummy it's just like coffee I might as well have it every other day and so I have amazing yeah. yeah
1: we have so many plants in this world that help give us the right energy right instead of giving us stealing from our energy which coffee does coffee takes from the adrenals instead of giving to the adrenals
0: oh man well I still like it
1: I still love mine too I'm not I think that the world is about balance everything about this planet is about balance so we're not saying to take away your pleasures we're just saying to use them responsibly indulge responsibly
0: yeah Aha. Uh-huh. Oh. Well, thank you for joining me on the podcast today. You, you are one of the most uh, inspiring guests I could I could ask for. Um, I, I almost don't know where to start. I mean, you, you and I connected through mutual friends and then play in the same band, Tribe of Love, together for, was it like two years now?
1: Amazing, yes.
0: And, um, I've been on your vocal transformation retreats or, or one of them so far and that was the first time I ever sang in public. If you and don't you have
1: such a beautiful voice.
0: Oh thank you. I remember I mean I remember singing in front of my stuffed animals when I was a kid, but singing in front of humans uh, full bore. Is, uh, is really something. I, how Tell me a bit about how long you've been practicing as a vocal transformation coach.
1: Well, first, let me say it's really, when you say it's really something, it really is something very, very important and very special for our soul. And so many people that I work with, some of them who've been on stages for many years in front of people who still have this this underpinning of stage fright all the time. They work with me because they don't understand why that happens. And it's because your soul is expressing itself. It's a very vulnerable, vulnerable act, but it really shouldn't be and it doesn't have to be it, That's all the minds work, right? But it is such an important thing for humans to use their voice and to express themselves. And that's one thing. But then to sing is emotional vulnerable. And we're so busy comparing with each other. And we're, we have so much judgment around musicality in our society that we don't actually give ourselves the permission to just relax and do it. And it is one of the most important things I think that human beings can do for themselves is sing. Mm. I've been, um, I've been teaching voice now for, I guess, over a decade, I'd say. Uh, The vocal transformation work started about seven years ago, eight years ago. I don't know the exact date, but it began uh, very shortly after I began working with plant spirit medicine. And I was shown very clearly during a ceremony what the voice is, why we have it, why we use it, and how to open it up for people. And it was something that one of the maybe greatest gifts of my life um, because I was born with the ability to sing and I was born with a voice that would be heard, right? So my whole life, I've never had to be, be shy. I've never I've never held back necessarily as a person. But what I was sharing when I looked back was very interesting compared to what I share now. And um, basically, I had decided after a period of time that I didn't want to sing anymore, and that I didn't want to use my voice anymore. And it wasn't until I came back to a ceremony, so I had this this first shamanic experience, where I was shown just how important it is to use it, and why I was given it, and not just myself, but why we all are given our voice, and how important it is to understand the power that it possesses. And then from there, I was granted this incredible vision, and this invitation, to help everybody who is ready to own this power free their voice and it has been a almost decade-long journey of miraculous and it just keeps growing and growing and i just can't be grateful enough for it
0: Mm. so let's back up a little bit when you said you know you you stopped using your voice yes Uh, i know a little bit about the story because we're friends uh but that's such a compelling moment uh for the listeners would you share a bit about what what kept you quiet and how did you what was the moment that brought you out of that
1: so i'll say that i i spent my entire life being told as a child that i was a star that i was going to be a star and there was a lot of pressure put on me it wasn't you know, excruciating pressure. It's the same pressure that anybody would feel when a natural gift is discovered. So they discovered young that I had a talent. And then in our society, it's very common. Oh, this is where you're gifted. That's what you're going to do to make your money. That's how you're going to do it. And when it's art- artistic, it's you're going to be a star. You're going to be famous. The world's going to know you, right? So there's this immediate pressure put on you, even if it doesn't feel like it. It might be excitement. It might be, yes, that's what I want to be. But we don't really know if that's what the soul actually wants. It's something that our society kind of decides for the talented, right? And so, um, I spent years, you know, working professionally, musically. I've had moments of great success. That when I was in those moments, I wasn't fully fulfilled. I wasn't. I wasn't happy. The dream that I was being fed, I realized wasn't really doing it for me there was too much wrapped around it or it was never good enough or there was a lot there emotionally so I tried for many years I did I worked I worked and then I finally had a situation where I was working with a record label and I realized that I was not happy in what the dream was you know here it is you're given the contract you're given the thing and you're you're not this is not really what you want it's not your artistry it's almost a misuse of your talent it's almost an exploitation for the sake of that goal right so I decided then that I was not going to be a singer anymore that I had spent years of my life in training and working towards this goal but that there was enough about it that was so ugly to me and immoral that I decided that I didn't want to be a part of it so I cut And i decided i was going to find out who Marin was without her voice which i had always been associated with my entire life that journey took me to australia um where i ended up opening an organic cafe learning about the earth getting into meditation ultimately living on an ashram where i was introduced to um sanskrit and to chanting so from there That was one little seed of information that I was given but from there I ended up traveling around Australia and I had a really bad accident where I broke my arm whitewater rafting in Fiji I flew from Australia to Fiji obviously and then they messed up my surgery when they flew me back to Australia to have it and I ended up having to move my whole life back to the States so that they could fix my arm because my whole right arm was paralyzed and the moment when I broke my arm in that state of shock Instead of crying, I started to sing. It was as if my voice immediately came to the rescue to soothe me while I was in the middle of the Upper Navajo River with no first aid kit and having to do two hours of off-roading and whitewater rafting with a compound fractured arm. Oh, God. <laughs> so my voice came to soothe me. My voice came to, to calm my nerves while I was going through this process. And I was in song for about three hours until I got to a hospital. And then they messed up the surgery. They brought me back to the States. And then I met my first shaman who at that point, during this ceremony, I was shown that that voice is a gift and that the voice is for that exact reason. The voice is to heal your body. The voice is to heal you first. It's not about the listener. It's about the vessel. It's about the the singer. So during the ceremony, I was shown the importance of the voice for the human and how the body receives the vibration that's created to heal, to move memory from the tissues, to heal the body, to heal the vessel. And then whoever happens to be in the space, human, will receive that vibration at a cellular level. So basically, I was shown that of all the instruments in the world for human beings, the human voice is the number one healing tool Totally. because there is no translation necessary as it was put to me. So, you know, the best guitar player, you, let's say you can make me weep with your guitar, right? You've spent years learning the guitar and knowing how it works so that you can feel through another instrument. And because you can do that, I can feel when you play, but, that instrument is made of wood and metal or, you know, plexiglass in some cases or whatever, but it's not made of um, of what we're made out of, right? So the human voice is a directly transmitted instrument. What comes through my cells, your cells recognize this without any translation. So as far as singing goes, we're creating a vibration on a melody on a certain pitch that will move through our vessel and into another human vessel. But as far as our speaking voice goes, it does the exact same thing. So how we're vibrating and how we're using our bodies to create vibrational sound affects our body and then affects whoever we're communicating with. And this is the important part of vocal transformation. So it's not vocal education, you know, it's not in the head space. There is plenty of that that you learn from from studying with me but it's not it's not theoretical it's something that has to settle into your cells and your cells will literally transform so vocal transformation is a way of raising your vibrational frequency at a cellular level by using the channel of your voice our voice is our number one tool for relation relationship We use our words, and we use our voice, and we use our pitches, and we use all of that to express a feeling or to express something. Most of us are actually expressing thinkings, not feelings, but to express something to get some form of reaction or result, right? So it starts at our second chakra and with word, with the word where we start to learn how to speak and we will use that voice to create the world around us so it's our number one manifesting tool it's our a tool that we use for relationship and we realize that everything in this world we're relating to and we feel as though we're separate but we're not we're all one so everything you put out vibrationally is your soul's way of saying this is my experience and in that, you get reaction of others or a, 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 give, a give back or a response from others. Oh, yeah, I hear you. And this is mine. And that's really all we're supposed to be doing with this voice is a free flow of expression of what our soul's experience is. I say that the, the human voice is the soul's dynamic life urge for truthful expression. And that's a tough one because truth, (laughs) well, truth is relative as we know it, but truth is also very hard to find now because the mind can create a manipulation, right? Manipulation. Our mind can create a story that is not in the physical reality and we can believe it and we can create from a place of non-reality. And then what's even more insane about that is we can make that reality. Because our mind is a major tool of creation.
0: Yeah, the, uh, I mean that is is its job. It is a uh, holographic generator and a a mental image creator. And then, when you have speaking a truth, you have you know the the word history comes to mind.
1: Mm -hmm. You know
0: his story, his versus. Her story and uh, the difference between well I should be nice and, and adapt my story so that it matches her story versus kindness where mm-hmm. we're not bending the truth because we want to have that fidelity between how we perceive reality and uh, how it's how it's shared it's very challenging not to lie.
1: Oh, I, it's a deep part of the human program. It's the, the lie comes from, it's always in the mind, right? So the mind takes something that's experienced and bends it because it, most of its, most lies have been formed out of coping mechanisms, right? But now at this point, we believe so easily what we're told that the lies aren't even our own lies anymore. So you you really have to do deep self-work to understand what the truth is. And even in understanding what your truth is, you have to hold very clear space for the fact that that truth might be experientially different for another soul on this planet. Right? So, so there, I do believe there is a common truth amongst us all in my years of doing this work. But I think that truth is so simple that when we look at how we all the colors and all the creations and everything we we come off of and and all the life experiences and all the trauma and all the emotions and all of what we the the breath of what we experience here on this plane everyone is going to have a different life experience and so with that they're going to carry a certain relative truth that's their own at the core of it all there's love that's my my ultimate truth is that at the core of this all when we can get the mind out of it we know that this is all just experience so it all comes down to a work of non-attachment right and to really understand that whatever it is you're experiencing and whatever category you want to put it in whatever stamp you want to give it whatever name your mind wants to use to compartmentalize it to separate it uh, none of that exists (laughs) none of that is truth the truth is this Experience right here, right now, and how you can channel your highest self to this moment, regardless of what's happening in your lower vibrational bodies. And I, that to me is what love actually is.
0: I think you just right? created a new word. I, th- I think I just heard you say channel.
1: Did I say channel? Channel. <laughs> I don't think I said that. <laughs> I think I said channel, but I'm going to take it. Oh, I,
0: I love it. I love it. I love the
1: words too, because that limit that doesn't limit us, because we're limited by our language, big
0: time. The um, yeah, a reali- a realization I think I had on your retreat, going back to second chakra as the creative chakra and the relational chakra, um, in Tibetan tantra, as they see the subtle body, the second chakra is a, a neck a very powerful nexus point between the energy of threat, you know, like to get somebody to do something. Let's say you want to have a a young child eat all their vegetables, and the parent goes, well, if you don't eat your vegetables, you're gonna have to sit on the stairs, or you can't watch your show, you know? You have to go to bed early. you You have a threat there. And the other side, the left channel, you've got bribes. If you eat your vegetables, then you get dessert, you could watch a show. Mm-hmm. And so from a very young age, at least, you know, I'm, I'm kind of long in the tooth. Uh, that's how you got kids to do shit. You know, you, you, you say, well, if this, then that, and if you don't do that, then this.
1: Absolutely. And that program yeah.
0: of, of, of fear and bribes, penetrating their, our energy, penetrating our behavior, penetrating our psychology, and then our language. And then going, well, hey, maybe this is how I get others to do what I want.
1: Exactly. That program that we have is the program we then run on. We were programmed to compete with each other as well. From the second we go into school, it's a competition, the best grades, who wins the races, who's on the teams. Everything is competition. That's so deep within us as well. The idea that my best has to better your best. That to me is one of the major breaking points of humanity. Like Mm -hmm. there is no best. There's no way to know a best. There are people you'll never contact in this world who don't involve themselves in the competitions that might be way better than you. Mm -hmm. So stop the idea of that you are the best in the world or that you have to be number one. You have to be your best at all times and your best should never get in the way of someone else's best. And that's true confidence to me. And anytime you have to be better than another, it really shows ego, which shows insecurity because ego is always covering insecurity. So that's two and three. And basically what through my program, what you come to understand is that our earth chakras, so one, two, and three, the chakras that are holding the information of the planet, the, the earth consciousness that we've come to enter, they're all sorts of mangled by the human program. And so we have to reclaim all of that and reconnect everything back down to the root so that our ultimate mother, Mother Earth, can utilize us the way she called us in, because she called our spirit here to come help her with evolution, and we get to evolve through that process. So I often hear people talking about serving man, man serving man, and it's so important that we serve each other, that we are a one unified race, a one unified species. Yes, but i want to go beyond that i want our unified species to unify with the fact with the earth that we're actually a part of and that's when we're actually going to see the shift that we've come here to create we didn't come here for man we came here for earth and man is an incredible conduit of cosmic consciousness and earth consciousness that will work together functioning through the heart chakra to actually create that evolution that the earth has called us in for So yes, beyond our individual selves to the human race, and then beyond the human race to all the creatures, all the plants, and the Earth Mother herself. And when you can actually connect to that through the root chakra, you are in full surrender. You, as you, have been competing with yourself and everyone around you and trying to fight these waves and trying to get these blockages out of the way. That's all gone, because the actual physical plane has got you earth is in charge of how things function here on earth and your cosmic self can come in and have everything and anything there's no limitation in the physical world there's no lack here in our physical world there's no lack of food there's no lack of abundance there's no lack of money there's no lack of anything that people who are in a lack mentality think that there is it's how man is manipulating it and using it and not using it right and how we're controlling the flow of this abundance instead of just trusting that there really is enough for everybody because there really is enough for all of us. But it's this idea of me more than you, me above you. I must have all of it. You can have none of it. And of course, not all of us fall into that category. You know of course not but the what we see is the powers that be and what what is controlling their self is always the first and then everything can come after them as long as they remain on top there is an ego there that needs to come back to the heart center so that we can find that unity
0: yes the, and
1: then we'll all be there
0: as as you're saying you know the the earthly lower energy centers are uh, you know, represent our need for stability, our need for abundance, freedom, to do what we want when we want, and then significance, that we stand out. I think those are all extremely important in having a healthy ego, but when it gets arrested, um, in yoga they have this knot that is rarely spoken about. I mean, people hear about chakras, but they don't hear about grantes. And this major buffering between the third and fourth chakras Uh, the Vishnu granti is that place where I think the rites of passage where boys could become men and girls could become women Uh, we've lost it in the West and so the the competitive uh, energy of early development up until you know our early 20s we don't have normally what it takes to push through and get into the place of uh out of competition and into cooperation and you know, alloying the excellences of, of our 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 friends and our tribe to be an expression of the natural law.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, you, you said it. That's beautiful. <laughs> There's um There is a major blockage that happens at the third chakra point where your your breathing actually changes and this happens at around five years old when you first go to school once we enter the outside world away from the family and the close group net of people who've raised us and who are part of our genetic code and who are you know the closest inner circle um once we get five and we we go out into the the school systems and we start to to see how we stack up against those others and how the outside world who hasn't seen us up until now thinks of us, like what they see, what their mirror is. Um, Up until that point, you have a little bit of freedom to kind of create and, and move. And then at this point you start to get the program, like really, really strong. And that's where the competition and how you're going to be in this world where the ego starts to develop at this third chakra. And I look at, I hate to even bring him up in this conversation, but at the same time, I loved you because I love him. Um, So we have a president right now that is a perfect example of a third chakra issue.
0: I think I saw his name on something once.
1: Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. we have a president who's a perfect example of this issue. And so as much as we want to hate on him, and as much as as we, as and I, I do not condone his policies, I do not condone his behavior at all, but um, he's showing us something very important in our time. We're in a time right now where the human race is evolving into the heart center from the third chakra. When we first started, we were at the root chakra, right? We were Neanderthals, we had no words, we grunted to express ourselves we were only about survival we were only about the the food and shelter and procreation and staying on the earth plane then we moved into the second chakra which is indulgence and pleasure and sensory pleasure and sexuality and sensuality and artistry and you're looking at the time of you know the rise and fall of the roman empire and the big artist surges of early europe and that all led itself to, you know, overindulging of these emotions and illnesses and plagues and, you know, vomitoriums for overindulging on eating and it became gluttonous and then that had to move up and we're, we entered a stage where it's the third chakra, every man for himself. There has to be the CEO and the one, the one who's in charge of everything. There, there has to be, I'm climbing that ladder and I'm going to be the top dog. That, that is now where we're coming out of. We've been in this now for a while where it's about the individual, the I, the me. I can do this. I'm going to get there. And so we're seeing now as there's a big surgence of plant medicine and there's a big surgence of this green and what the disconnect we've come, the separateness from the green world that now we see in the destruction we have to get back to connection with. This is all the awakening of the human to the fourth chakra. Right. And the fourth chakra is holding the balance of spirit and earth. But the third chakra, what happens when we get to school, like you're looking at a man and our president who, you know, at five was sent away from his family and sent to military school. He was a wild child. He had a lot of energy and he had to be controlled. And so I honestly believe that if he was given love in those moments, which obviously his family was unable to give him. He came into a family of means that had certain expectations of him and he was outside of that comfort zone for them to be able to be okay with him. He was literally pushed out of his family and sent to a military school at five years old and then all of that insane amount of fire that he had inside of him and all of that energy was militarized. And we fast forward and we see what that becomes. Mm -hmm. So I do not curse this man, I pray for him. I literally see that he is showing us what we can come to and a lot of what we have come to because he wouldn't be there unless we have at some level come to him right and so we might not be into that extreme but we'll allow him to do it and we'll turn the blind eye to it because that's that behavior is it is what it is we, we have this in us you know so right now we see the plant world coming out in droves we see people jumping into their heart centers we see people finally wanting to have this conversation And this is the evolutionary stage of man that we're at right now and this is why the voice is so important because that third chakra is the main block right that third chakra holds all of your insecurity all of your self-doubt it also holds all of your confidence and it's your fire to actually create what the second chakra wants to create and to put it out into the world the voice flows through the heart chakra the, the heart chakra, if you look at the shape of the human body, is the center of the body, right? We have three chakras above, three chakras below. And the largest surface area of the human, unless, of course, we're obese, we have very large bodies. The largest surface area as we're built is right there over the heart. The chest is the largest open surface area of the body. Our body is telling us where we're supposed to be channeling the majority of our energy through. Those two, those two extreme points, your crown holding your cosmic self, and your root holding your earth consciousness, are designed to come meet there at the heart center. And your voice is meant to come journey through that heart center and express itself from that place. That heart is the largest resonator of your voice. The majority of your range comes from there. This is not a mistake. This is, this is just the way it is. This is not a coincidence, right? So the majority of humans, because that fifth chakra, when we went to school, was so blocked, you know, we got full of insecurity, we were told how we're not good enough, we were told when we talk too much to be quiet, when we had an emotion that we wanted to get out, we were sent to the principal because we were, you know, screaming in class or something, and I'm not saying that teachers, you know, obviously there's a reason why it's set up this way, but... Every time we were told to hold our tongue or we were told to, we were trained to be something instead of being allowed to be 100% who we are, all of that energy goes up into the mind to cope with the fact that our feelings have been hurt and our mind becomes very strong. And then through that period of time where we're being trained in the mind you're being taught to hold information we're being tested every week so did you retain this can you hold on to this can you memorize this the mind is literally being grown and grown and grown through that process so your mind ends up having control over your voice and your heart no longer can express itself Mm -hmm. so you're separating yourself from your truth every passing day as your mind gets stronger and stronger the truth that's sitting in that heart chakra the center of your being is the truth that we want to reclaim with vocal transformation and the permission we want to give ourselves to speak from that place to remember the original contract we made to remember our true our noble heart which is how the Taoist would put it right your original noble heart the dancing of the cosmic and the earth come together to celebrate this new human life that will be born and what potential it has right so i'm going to say something right now that would stroke the ego of some but you are you are the cosmic you are god you are divinity incarnate and we need to be able to hear that information without it going to our heads but instead settling back into our heart center to remember that truth deep within the cells of our body and acting accordingly to that truth. The ego will take that and be, I'm the best, I am God, (laughs) you know? Yes, you are God. You are co-creating this reality with absolutely every other human being on this earth and all the other creatures on this earth. You are a co-creator. And we need to step back into that power of co-creation and own that from our heart center and not from our head center. And then let the mind step in and create what that heart has come in here to create from the moment it arrived. Because you did sign a contract. You did come in and say, I am going to do this. And I'm going to forget all this stuff and have to re-find my way back home. And that is what we're here to do. More so than anything else, I believe, on this planet. Whatever it looks like physically. Whatever you enjoy most, whatever you want to go out and create, whether you like to to make music, whether you like to act, whether you like to paint, whether you like to do math, mathematics, whether you like science, whether, whatever it is you might love, do it because it's your expression of your joy and it's your expression of your love. But your ultimate goal from the moment you arrived was to master this mind and to get it aligned back to home to your heart and then to express your soul through your being and to contribute that to this planet.
0: Yeah, I I, I feel that the the pivot we're seeing now from, at least in the West and what's been exported from the West as a um, economic model of there's consumers and there's producers versus the tribal Mm -hmm. model where there are warriors, there are artisans, there are shamans, there are mothers, there are, you know, uh, people going to to hunt and gather. All, All of it, you know, the full spectrum of diversity of human interest and capacity coming together to work collaboratively, I feel like I'm seeing people come back towards that, where there can be exchange and balance and a place for people that doesn't have to be relegated to you're either consuming or producing and if you're not you're useless because we're, we're, we're doing that to our elders now right they used to be the producer consumers and now when they're not they are uh, shuffled away and no one listens. I mean, this is a broad generality, of course, but seeing that or or someone who's labeled as uh, mentally unstable where in a tribal culture they may have been seen as different, seen as special and given a training to allow them to be an emissary between the physical and non-physical worlds and not expected to do things that, they weren't suited to do by their, uh, their chemistry, their biology, how they were born. And Absolutely. that there could be a collaboration of, of excellence and diversity within a group. I'm, I, I'm, I'm heartened to see that and, and begin to experience it.
1: Right. And so what I'm going to say is that you're experiencing it because you are shifting your vibration, your frequency is shifting from the work you're doing. Right, And that's why the vocal transformation work for me is so important. When I said transformation is cellular, it's not in the head. It's something that your physical cells are going to actually open up and change the frequency. And when that happens, the world changes. We are each so solely responsible for how we vibrate here. All of our glands, our body intelligence is capable of so much here. And when you do this work, this vibrational work in the body, it's actually partnered with glands. So your chakras are all partnered mm-hmm. into different glands. And when you start to to move the sound through the body, you're going to raise the frequency, and that's going to start to function the gland differently. So the body actually begins to awaken. Mm-hmm. The body is awakening. The consciousness and the intelligence that your body stores begins to open up and show you what it's capable of. Right? So this is this shift that you're seeing is the shift of you coming to your heart and when you're in that space, you have the opening to see the others who are as well and that invites and magnetizes it together, so yes, I'm going to say to everybody who's out there in their suffering, in their pain, there's a door out, there are many doors out but there are doors that you can find to get out of that and it takes work. You know, nothing comes easy on this earth. This earth is a challenging place where you have to physically invest time, which doesn't exist on any other plane. You have to physically invest in opening these channels and in creating these vibration shifts. But... I have the same experience as you, Michael. I, I live in a world that is full of love. I live in a world where we appreciate each other. I live in a world where I can acknowledge the divinity and the gifts of all people without expectation of them to serve me somehow. And all I come with is the offering of who I am and what works through me to help wherever I can, right? And it works for me on all levels. It works financially too, <laughs> you know? like It's not that this is a this utopian dream of something that is all a fantasy that isn't actually going to physicalize on this plane because it is. And I am meeting, you know, in numbers and numbers that are growing and growing and growing people who are stepping into that same reality. So it's just a choice we're making every day to whether or not we're going to stay silent, ignore the shift Which, if you ask me, is only going to create more pain and suffering for the one who's ignoring it because the shift is occurring. (laughs) So you might as well get on the ship and you might as well come to love yourself first. And then through that process, you will love everything and everyone. It really is such an inward journey of moving the program, right? So where my vocal work comes into this is that you can use your voice to erase the story you can use your voice to express through the body all that your body has not been able to let go of and so where years and years of sitting in a therapist's office and telling your story again and again will help you forgive which is super important and it will help you come to terms in your cognitive mind with what happened to you and who you can be now the voice is a way of doing it without going through that story again and again you literally can go into the body and you can move the memory from the cell and then you no longer vibrate that frequency so yes you can remember your story and you can go back and tell it but it has no physical effect on you at all whatsoever anymore and your body can tell a whole different story and when your body tells that different story what you're going to create in this world is going to tell that different story And that's really what we need humans to do right now. We need humans. You said the word before, and this always gets me going, but you said consumer and producer. And I've been talking recently about this word consumer, which I find to be highly insulting. (laughs) Um, Something changed uh, in the late 60s. We used to be called customers, and then they changed that word to consumer, right? The word customer to me was a relationship relationship between the person who needed something for their world for their life and the person who had the ability to custom make that thing for that person so you would place an order you would say I need this and I need it to be like this and the person who could produce it would say I can custom make that for you you are my customer the customer was always right right because the producer was working for the customer, mm. the one who needed the thing. Um, and there was a mutually respectful relationship between those two uh, people mm-hmm. or two entities. And then they just changed that word on us. Customer became consumer. The consumer doesn't know what it wants. The consumer is never right. The consumer gets whatever it gets. and we have been taught now to consume at such a mass rapid rate that once the consumable is consumed we need the next consumable and we have been given like basically what that has done is it's taken us out of the truth which is that we are the creator which is what you would call the producer right but but everything we consume as a human is supposed to come through our senses and then we're supposed to use that information to create our creation every one of us has a contribution. We are supposed to be experiencing this world and contributing something back from our soul. And so when we get lumped into consumer, you look now at a major pandemic of the world. We're consuming the earth. We are consuming our mother at massive, massive quantities, pulling up from her core, pulling up from all of her resources creating huge amounts of consumables and the humans are just the consumers that are consuming 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 and a never an endless endless cycle of this and so let's just look at food right I always use this example humans, we we might overeat. We might tend to eat when we're stuffed, right? We just, we love the taste of something so much that we eat more than we actually require. And it has become a pleasure seeking thing, eating versus how do we actually fuel this body and get it to function properly? It's all about pleasure. It's all another experience. So we consume and we consume. And I always look at the holidays. You think you, you consume so much that you get so full, You get so full that you feel like you can puke and the only time that you'll stop is when you hit that level of I'm so full I need to stop otherwise I'm just not gonna be able to hold anything else and that's a very uncomfortable feeling but 15-20 minutes later when that feeling's gone you'll go eat again (laughs) because you're not being told by your body that you're too full so there's room and I, I need another experience I need to consume something else right? And in that we're harming ourselves. We know this, we're hurting ourselves. We're just like giving our body too much to process all the time, right? But that stomach doesn't stop expanding. It actually keeps expanding to the point where you wake up the next morning with incredible hunger pains because now your stomach is so hugely expanded that it needs more and more food to satisfy itself. And that's how we end up with our obesity problems, Because we learn to adapt to the more, to the more, to the more. We don't actually have a finite, I can't do anymore. Everything keeps growing. And the more we consume, the more we need to consume, the more we want to consume. So if you just look at how our basic program sets us up that way. I urge you to consume through your senses. We have a, um, we have this, this, uh, concept of coming back to your senses right this expression come back to your senses we think that we think in our minds because we're always in our minds that coming back to your senses means you're coming back to common sense which is that uh, that thought process that we all agree is true in the simple state right i urge you to come back to your senses meaning smell sight taste touch hearing come back and even your sixth sense and oh there's more than that but Come back to your basic senses, your body's intelligence, and start to take the world in again through your physical being instead of through your head capacity. Use the information that you get from your physical senses and create the world because that's the world we're living on, the physical world. And what we see now with our technology, which is all heady, it's all... um, out in the stratosphere it's all sa- satellite and cellular and worldwide web and intergalactic all of our new technology is, is moving us into a conversation that's beyond the earth plane but we want the earth to come with us we don't want to separate ourselves from this earth we want to actually connect to this planet and help her evolve with us so that she can be part of that same conversation
0: and you, ju- you just described yoga it's 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 always been this hidden in plain sight almost joke that mm-hmm. people people say I'm gonna do yoga you, we can't do yoga yoga is what's happening our connection to the present through our senses and beholding the evident the given reality poof there it is to be mm-hmm. able to to open and dilate and receive also connects us to the our right hemisphere, which doesn't speak about all of that. It is perfectly present and the feminine. It's a step towards the the feminine uh wave that is surging back from this long imbalance from the patriarchal commodification of what it sense, senses. <sighs>
1: It is so simple, isn't it, Michael?
0: It, it is, and I think that's the best place to hide anything, is right under someone's fucking nose. <laughs> and well, that's
1: the thing I want to offer. It's like, with this voice work too, it's very simple. We're dealing with seed sounds, we're dealing with very simple sounds. This is not complicated work, it's actually quite easy work. And the idea is to, your mind always needs to understand something at a complicated level, but that's not how this earth talks. This earth speaks to us like we're five this earth talks to us like we're children because the truth is we are children, you know, evolutionarily. And so it's just brilliant to see how good simple actually feels.
0: So we're, we're close to the end of our podcast. And, uh, I want to, with this perfect caveat as being children and simple language, um, music. Yeah, again, we we met through music and uh, Tribe of Love with Susanna Raven and Jan. um, And then you have an incredible band, Kura Kura. Um, What would you like to share about the musical projects and and their purpose and what's coming up in the spring?
1: Beautiful. So, um, yes, so Kura Kura and Tribe of Love are both, I would say, medicine music. They're both different genres of medicine music. I think all music is medicine, but these two different projects, they they—they they appear different, but their their goal is one and the same. And it's to bring people through the process of looking at their shadows, looking at the areas of their life that need some growth and some movement, but knowing that love is at the base of all of it, right? And knowing that the, the hard work that we avoid is the most important work we can do and that love will prevail, right? So Koro Koro, we have an album called What Led Me To You, our first album that we released. We just put it out last year. Um, it's the journey of a, of a man actually coming through his his healing process. Um, Pat Surdam wrote the songs um, and put this group together around himself. Sam McGarity um, plays guitar and sings as well. Um, we have we have a a message that is more of a mainstream message there it's more it's an it's kind of indie folk rock little psychedelic it's a very eclectic sound but it's really an emotional journey of darkness to light and how the feminine the divine feminine came to open his heart and ultimately that's mother earth and that's the feminine that's within us all, and the feminine that we know—the uprising that we need right now in this world—that connection to the feminine in the masculine and the feminine bodies on this planet. The tribe of love. Um, we put out a, an album, Dragonflight, this year with you on it, um, and that is more of a shamanic medicine journey. So we would call that a little more meditative, um, but also it's in heart language. So it's written in a language that is not for your mind it's for you to experience and for you to actually feel for yourself what it means to your own body and uh the wonderful susanna raven channels this incredible music and jan paul Verge uh, comes in from germany he's a uh, bach trained so we have beautiful harmonies and um they're just two very different styles, but they're all on the same path of allowing the music to tell the story of healing. Because music right now, you know, we've got this music of the mind, of the ego, of the, look how great I am. (laughs) I'm so talented. I'm going to make a lot of money here. I'm going to, you know, entertain music for entertainment purposes. And we all do love our entertainment. And that's important. You know, it's got its place. But right now I feel like the one main medicine that all of man can agree on is music and that responsibility that we have as musicians to put something out that actually serves the planet in its advancement that actually raises the vibrational frequency of the people listening of the plants of the animals of all of it it's it's our way of connection you know so So these two, um, these two groups are playing gigs. Um, you can find us at tribeoflovemusic.com and you can find us at corakoramusic.com. Uh, and you can see where our, our gigs are and where we're playing and what we're up to. And, um, then I'm also running, uh, retreats for these vocal transformation workshops that I do. Uh, and I'd like to talk about one thing I have coming up at the end of the year. It's actually on my birthday, which I'm very excited about a sweet gift. Um, We're going to be doing a week-long deep dive vocal transformation retreat in Costa Rica at the beautiful Finca Mia Resort that's Mm. nestled in the rainforest, and we are also going to have two optional medicine ceremonies as part of that week. So this is an opportunity, if you do work with plant spirit medicine, to come and understand how you develop psychologically and how to retrain the body to open up the entire range of the vessel to vibrate at all of your frequencies to heal yourself physically to open up your artistry if singing is something that you've always wanted to do we do a lot of singing there'll be master classes we'll all be learning from each other Um, but then also we get to sit with the plant spirits and connect in that space to our voice and how our spirit is utilizing the body and how it can connect in that spirit realm and to me, this is such an amazing opportunity. So if this is something that interests you, you can go to vocal-transformation.com and you can find the information about the retreat there.
0: Amazing. And again, from having uh, been on retreats with you and Susanna, um, what comes through is so direct and loving and impactful. and thank you for doing this work thank you for uh, surviving all of the the ordeals to bring this elixir and magical uh weaponry back to the 21st century because it it is needed
1: oh michael thank you so much for having me on today i just i'm so appreciative and so honored to be here talking to you you know that the first time i heard you teach i was blown away you're we are i'd say the ancient uh, the modern ancients right there's that poem modern ancients and I think that moving forward in order for us to really do what we've come here to do we need all the modern and you're the king of this you've got it you've got all the gadgets you know how to work all the modern but you also have a very deep root in the ancient and that makes you a force to be reckoned with so I'm very very grateful to be having this conversation with you
0: Oh shucks. <laughs> all right thank you Marin, for your time uh, you have a beautiful day
1: can I say one last thing before we get off of course it's a quote by Martha Graham and I don't know if everyone out there knows who she is but she was an incredible choreographer and a dancer for a long time and you might know this quote already but it's a quote that I find very important for everyone to hear with vocal transformation and anything they're gonna contribute to this earth and so if I could just leave this as the final little nugget as my furthering her quote her message to the world because I think it's a very important message for right now please so here it goes there is a vitality a life force an energy a quickening that is translated through you into action and because there is only one of you in all of time this expression is unique If you block it, it will cease to exist through any other medium and it will be lost. The world will not have it. It is not your business to determine how good it is, nor how valuable it is, nor how it compares to others' expressions. It is your business to keep it yours clearly and directly, to keep the channel open. You do not even have to believe in yourself or in your work. You have to keep yourself open and aware to the urges that motivate you. Just keep your channel open. No artist is ever pleased. There is never any satisfaction whatsoever at any time. There is instead a queer divine dissatisfaction, a blessed unrest that keeps us alive and makes us more alive than the others. If you can do it, you must. That's my quote. (laughs) (laughs) It's something that's important, I think, for the world to know that they just have to be them authentically. I think what this world is missing now more than anything is authenticity. And anywhere I show up with that or I see others showing up with that, it's so welcome because... We're all so afraid to be who we are. and we are all so uniquely, divinely beautiful. And we need to feel confident to express all of those differences, all of those colors. And it's such an important time for humanity to raise our voices in love, not in anger. In love, not in pain and sadness and retribution in love. You know, like we need to get to that heart center and we need to share who we are with the world. It's such an important time for us.
0: Thank you. Thank you, Maren. I'm speechless.
1: Thank you, Michael. Have a beautiful day. <laughs>